Uh, joining us here on the Full Court uh, Press, he is a Utah State Aggies.com co-editor, writer, and recruiting specialist for Utah State football. Uh, it's Brian Phillips here talking about the early signing recruiting period. Brian, thanks for your time, my man. Hey, thanks for having me on. I re- really appreciate it. Thank you. No, this is great. Hey, uh, you know, Eric and uh, our intern uh, were actually just talking about this and, and mentioned this. Uh, no signings from pe- from kids from Utah. Did that surprise you at all? Um, a little bit. Uh, it's typically a staple of a Gary Anderson team. Um, we should be having a kid named Isaiah Afatasi. He's a running back from Kearns. That ought to be announced here shortly. He's already si- announced over Twitter that he's signed his letter of intent. So he would be the one kid. Okay, so this is, uh, and, and granted, folks shouldn't overreact about this yet. This is just the early signing period. There's still other kids that will sign and declare when we get to the uh, the, the other period. This, it's in early February. Yes. but. Certainly, looking at what's come through so far in this early uh, period, definitely an emphasis on defense. <laughs> We've got a couple of defensive ends or defensive tackle, a couple guys in the secondary. Um, I guess your initial reactions from you've been following recruiting for a long time, following these when the guys are in town for their visits, right. and mm-hmm. uh, sometimes you get a chance to talk to them. Uh, but this emphasis on on defense that we're seeing so far, and who they're actually getting to sign the paper, what are, what are you seeing in that so far? Um, well, as far as uh, the departures go, the the graduating seniors, most of those guys were defensive players, and especially defensive linemen. So that's really where the emphasis comes from: is as players graduate, move on, or possibly transfer, which we've had a couple announced that they're planning on doing there. Uh, you just have to fill that void as the need comes up. And this year, it happened to be defense, and especially defensive linemen. And you just have to fill fill that vacuum as it goes. Hey, tell me about some of the guys who stood out to you so far in this uh, early recruiting signing period. Guys that make you uh, just your your eyes light up. Yeah, like who's the biggest get so far in your mind? In my mind, even though he may not, if you, if you look, say, at some of the recruiting websites and so on and so forth, L.L. Yon Noah from Helix High School, it's in the San Diego area, and he's 5'9", 200 pounds, he's a running back, and he has the opportunity to be very good early. That, that's who excites me the most. He was a big get. He came on his official visit the week of the BYU game. So, unfortunately, the outcome of the game didn't go so well at the time, but it didn't sway him at all either. Um, he's a big enough deal that he actually announced his commitment on live TV in San Diego. Wow. wow. San, Diego, San Diego State was very much in play for him, and he's got a brother that starts at safety at Boise State. So they were pulling at him pretty hard, too. And he'd sat and right in front of those cameras and all of greater San Diego and put on that Aggie hat. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Helix High School, very well-known, very uh, strong history for football. Uh, another high school that's very well-known for their history and, and success in, in football is Bishop Gorman High School in Las Vegas. Aggies get one out of that Correct. program. We did. Uh, Dolan Masake is his name. He's 6'3", 230, 
And I think he'll end up playing defensive end. I think they like him enough that they'll be able to put a little bit of meat on him and put him down on the line. Uh, he missed this season. He hurt his neck halfway into the second game of the year. So he, he ended up sitting out the season. Um, it wasn't serious. He actually could have come back and played, but in conjunction with the Bishop Gorman coaching staff and the Utah State training staff, they just felt it was best for him to sit out. But he was, up until his injury, he was very, very highly sought after. He had an impressive offer list after a really good summer out on the uh, training circuit, the seven-on-seven stuff and the camps and, and so on and so forth. Hey, I know he signed a week ago or so, but tell us about this Luke Marion kid, the three-star safety from Oregon. It sounds like he's actually a, a pretty good baller. Uh, yeah, Luke is another really good get. Um, it came down to us in Nevada pretty much for him. His dad was Brock Marion. So those of your listeners that are NFL fans and mid to late 90s and early 2000s will remember Brock played safety for the Cowboys and the Dolphins. So he's got some NFL lineage there, but he's built really well. He goes after the ball, is able to high point it. Um, he's got a really good nose for the ball as a safety, but he's a very good tackler. He's not afraid of contact. This guy likes it. And, you know, as time goes on, depending on how the defensive schemes evolve, he could end up being something like a, like a, Rover in a three-three-five type setting, kind of like John Charles Rockamore was last season, the 2018 season, excuse me. Again, we're talking to Brian Phillips. He's a co-editor yep, of U-State Aggies. U-State Aggies definitely follows recruiting very closely for Utah State University. Uh, with this early signing period, a couple of junior college guys in the mix here as well. Xavier Steele uh, as a cornerback. Uh, mm-hmm. was uh, on campus not too long ago and uh, had some great pictures that he shared. Uh, and then James Hansen from Riverside Community College. What do you see in those guys, or what have you heard from those guys, and how they could contribute perhaps uh, right away where maybe some of these other guys may have some time in the system? I've only spoken to both of them briefly. I think, I think they've been pretty busy the last couple of days. Both of them made their decisions in the last 48 hours. Um, with Xavion... I, I think he's probably the more ready to contribute right away, and there's a definite need for a junior college uh, defensive back to come in and kind of fill uh, some needs of experience there. We've got a couple of graduates at cornerback as well, and he's, he's a good physical corner. He's able to press a little bit, and that's kind of a staple of a Gary Anderson type defense. Um, he wasn't thrown on a whole lot last year, which means he was able to kind of lock him up. And even though if you were to look at his stat line and see that he's only got two interceptions, that's not real indicative of whether he's a good cornerback or a bad cornerback. If you're not thrown on, you don't get an opportunity to get interceptions. When we look at James Hansen, um, he's a little bit under the radar. He was kind of a surprise offer Nobody really saw that coming. Um, he's already gone on a mission, so he's, he's actually a returned missionary. Came back, went to Riverside. He's been at Riverside for a year. and Actually, excuse me, two years. And he's, he's good-sized, 6'4", 275, and they plan on having him play at the defensive tackle area. 
and he's kind of possibly a more developmental type guy. But both players have three years to play two. So if need be, if either one of them needed to develop a little bit more, they're both free to redshirt if they needed to. You know, it's it's interesting how much of the transfer portal it seemed like Coach A went to uh, to grab some of the guys. Do you see that happening again this year, or do you think he goes more to the recruiting base of it? From when I, I, when I say recruiting base, sorry, I mean non-transfer portal, straight-up high school kids. Right. Um, I think as we move into January and the recruiting period opens back up, leading into that final signing period the first week of February, you will definitely see us go after some grad transfers and some junior college players. We've kind of got a little bit of leeway as far as that goes. For the 2020 graduating class, we've got 21 seniors, but for 2021, there would only be 10. So there's a lot of room right there with that 2021 class that we could add some junior college players to and kind of even out the classes, so to speak. So I think we'll go heavy, continue to go heavy with some junior college guys, probably try and add another cornerback and definitely add a couple of defensive linemen. If they can find a grad transfer that happens to have a couple of years left instead of just one, like Nick Henninger did last season, then they would definitely be in the market for that. I've also heard that they're looking for a grad transfer running back. Mm, mm, that's interesting. interesting. Yeah. Uh, b- besides the uh, the Kearns running back, who Utah State has not officially uh, announced, though he himself has announced, are there any others that you are aware of that uh, could happen within the next day or two? Because this early signing period is open until Friday. I'm not seeing anything on the horizon. Um, the only one that I haven't been able to confirm whether or not they're signing or not that had previously been committed was the quarterback out of Skyview High School, Washington. So it's, it's the Vancouver area, and his name is Yaro DeValco. And he's been committed since June and has not signed, and I haven't heard one way or other, whether that's coming through today, tomorrow, or Saturday. Hmm. So th- there could be a little bit of indecision there. I, I can't comment any further than that. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I, uh, it's uh, it's certainly a, a trying time for some to really finally make the decision because uh, you know where they want to go, how does it affect them, their families, their future. Uh, for some decision was made a long time ago others still want to see what offers come their way but um, it seems like a pretty exciting class so far though 24 7 sports is not really saying that the not giving a lot of uh, maybe not a lot of love for utah state in this early recruiting class at one of the lowest rated so far in the mountain west conference overall have you seen anything like that uh, it's what the other teams in conference have been doing so far this uh, couple of days or i guess starting today but some of the other things that are coming down for them truthfully when you take a look at the 24 7 sports website and you take a look at what you're seeing and it's telling you that it's lower lower rated than most of our uh, conference peers it's numbers based and so In a class like ours, where there's so few spots open because of the number of push-forwards that we gave out over the summer, you're not going to see that number like really rocket up there. Now, 
last season when we signed, you know, 22, 23, 24 guys and we finished with the number three class, it's because we signed 23, 24 guys. This season, you're probably only going to see us ink. After, after this signing period, you'll probably only see us ink five or six more guys. So I don't really see that number climbing, but it's more, the number is based more off of quantity as opposed to quality. The quality does factor in, but your number climbs when you have 23 stars instead of just seven three-star guys. Does that make sense? Mm, yeah. Yep. That's interesting. Okay. That makes so sense. It, it can be misleading. Hey, well, Brian, thank you so much for your time. Greatly appreciate your great stuff and continue the great work on uh, on the uh, on the early signing period. Where can people find you on Twitter, and how can they look up your great work? Uh, at ustateaggies.com. And on Twitter, just Brian Phillips at Aggies22. Nobody does it better in the, in the recruiting business like he does. Brian, thank you so much again. Greatly appreciate you. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. Had a good time.